This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, Episode 42. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hood. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Graham. Chris Graham, how are you feeling today, my friend? Well, you ask me that question on like every show and I often answer. Every single episode, you're like, I'm doing great, man. And then that's the end of it. Yeah. And then we just move on. So who cares how I'm doing? You tell me how you are doing. I've been excited just because I'm always working on multiple things at the same time. You know, I'm juggling two and a half different businesses. And so it's like, there's always something coming up. And, you know, I have, obviously I have the Profitable Producer course and we just finished up one of our accountability accelerator boot camps with 105 graduates this time. So it's really fun to see uh, all of the questions that come in because a lot of the like struggles that people have are things I don't think of or things that I you know see different angles that are really interesting. And it's fun to take what I learned from that group of people during the boot camps or from people inside the course or our community and bring it over to the podcast. And actually today's episode is one of those topics. I was having lunch with one of my students, we went to Top Golf. I don't know if any of you around other cities have a Top Golf in your city, but it's basically this big driving range. Every golf ball has a chip inside of it. It's basically like a bowling match. There's like targets you're going after and you get points based on how close you get to the targets. It's fucking awesome. I'm a golfer, so like... There's one a quarter mile from my house and I thought it was dumb until you just explained it. That sounds awesome. Oh no, it's amazing. They have all the golf clubs there for you. They serve food and drinks what? and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I'd do that. It's like 25 bucks an hour for a bay. So with like, you can get up to six people in there. So it's like three bucks a person or four bucks a person if I could do math. Anyways, I took a student out there for lunch and we were talking about his business. We were dissecting all these different areas. And it was interesting because it came down to really one issue. And this is the, the issue that the vast majority of our listeners probably have. I've seen this countless times in the Facebook community. I've seen this countless times in surveys I've done from conversations I have. Uh, and it's always an issue with lead generation or finding more clients for your studio. And it, honestly, we're at 42 episodes in right now. I can't believe it's taken us this long to really tackle this in one episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we really will only scratch the surface, honestly, because there's a lot that goes into this topic. But we'll try to do what we can as far as giving this topic justice. But the student was obviously just like most of you, or a lot of you listening, struggle with getting consistent clients. And so when I looked at his business, he had a lot of things right. He was great at what he did. His website looked great. All these things on on paper, he looked great, but he wasn't getting enough work to keep his calendar full. And so what it came down to was this simple thing. And anyone listening, if you get nothing else from this episode, I want you to understand this thing, internalize it, and then I want you to live this out. If your schedule is not 100% booked up from word of mouth advertisement, meaning you don't have to do anything. The work just comes to you. And that's very few people. It's very few people that have that. If that is not you, if you're not 100% booked up from word of mouth advertisement, then it is 100% your responsibility as the business owner to go out and find clients. Period. End of story. And this episode is hopefully going to be tackling that. And it starts really with lead generation. This is one of those business jargon terms. We're going to actually tackle Chris. What the hell is lead generation? And sorry for the really long and elaborate, how am I doing? No, that was awesome. (laughs) I didn't even plan that, but it went well into the episode. Yeah, I agree. So lead generation is the first step in sales. 
So sales is exactly what you think it is. It's convincing people to hire you. In order to convince people to hire you, you first and foremost need to generate leads. Leads are people who might hire you. If you cannot generate leads, you cannot make sales. It's true. So when we start talking about generating leads for your studio, there are a few things that we call sacred cows that we need to kill before we get into this. Actually, I think, Chris, what the hell is a sacred cow? Because that's a term you hear all the time in the business world, but I'd say most studio owners don't know what that means. So explain what a sacred cow is. Yeah, man, a sacred cow is, it's a thing that we see as a moral imperative in our industry. A sacred cow is something that you just don't do. And if you do it, people raise their eyebrows. There are a lot of examples of sacred cows that were killed that changed the world. For example, probably my favorite example is the first time someone turned their amp up a little too loud and it started to distort. Yeah, that's quote unquote wrong. That's the wrong thing to do. You don't want distortion. Yeah, so I'm sure there was, I don't know who it was, but some kid somewhere said, wow, I like how my guitar amp sounds when I turn it up loud and it starts to break up. And I'm sure like all the other musicians and guitar players are like, oh, kid, you're playing your amp too loud. But now that sacred cow has been killed. It's okay to turn your amp up so loud that it distorts. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they build amps that are for extreme distortion. Exactly. And without killing that sacred cow of, hey, don't turn the gain up too high or else it'll distort. Now that that sacred cow has been killed, good has come from it or bad, depending on what your taste and music are. Yeah. So that's just one example. There's a million other ones in that, but hopefully that kind of clarifies. So when we start talking about lead generation and killing sacred cows related to that, there are some sacred cows in the studio world that we have to address and hopefully kill, at least in your mind. And the first one has to be just advertising in general. Yeah. That is what a lot of people will try to tell you is a mark of shame, that if you have to advertise, you're not a real studio. Well, let me hop in here. So the big idea, I think, this is just a theory is that in the arts, and obviously we are in the arts as recording studio people, that in the arts, if you have to advertise, you're admitting a lack of talent. Yes, that is the prevalent feeling amongst most people that I talk to when it comes to paid advertising for their studios. Yeah, it's, hey, here's the way talent works. If you have talent, people will beat your door down because you'll walk out into the middle of the street with a guitar, you'll hit a single chord, and you'll sing a single note and everyone will stop what they're doing and they'll look at you and say, oh my gosh, his soul is beautiful. It radiates from him. And then from then on out, you're famous. And it's just, you either have that or you don't. That's not true. If you still aren't convinced that paid advertising is a sacred cow worth killing in your minds, go back, listen to episode 23. The title is why you might need to advertise your studio. I think we really covered that well in that episode, why that's a sacred cow worth killing. Yeah. And just sort of one more piece to why advertising in general is a sacred cow. I would say if you are really good at your craft, then you are obligated to tell people about it. You have a gift and stewardship using that gift well is going out and telling people about it so that you can help them. If your mindset with advertising is I want to help more people and in order to do that, I have to tell them I can help them. That's totally different than, well, if I advertise, it means I'm admitting that I don't have enough talent. And if I don't have enough talent, that means that I'm not the hero that I thought I was. So kind of off what Chris just said there, if you are a better solution than the guy down the road, then it's really your obligation 
to make sure you get the gig, honestly, because if you do not get yourself in front of that person, whether it's paid advertising or one of the other methods we're going to talk about for lead generation today, if you do not go out and get that client yourself, you are doing them a disservice from them settling for the inferior service because they didn't know you existed or they didn't know that you were available. And now there's worse art in the world and there could have been better art in the world. It's true. Our obligation as people in the arts is to bring beauty into this world. And as hippy-dippy as that sounds, that's a high calling. Yeah. That is something that provides extremely high value to society. I don't want to live in a world without beautiful art. And we have to take that seriously. And in order to do that, we have to kill sacred cows. We have to get away from this ego-laden, if you build it, they will come mentality and get over our own egos so that we can help more people. All right. So that's all fine and dandy, right? Let's just say that most people listening right now that do not have a calendar that's booked up 100% full, you're probably like, okay, now get to the good stuff in this episode. Uh, (laughs) Because obviously, if this episode is about generating more clients or more leads for your studio, then we have to get to the tips of it, right? Well, let's first address a couple things that I've seen multiple, multiple times, and that is shitty tips for lead generation. Because any article I've ever read or any YouTube video I've ever seen where some schmuck is trying to give you tips for finding more clients for your studio. It's always these types of tips. And I think this should be addressed because there's always a hint of truth in these, but it's not the whole truth. And it's definitely not the best truth. So shitty tip for lead generation. Number one is word of mouth advertisement. I've seen multiple, multiple articles. that just try to sell you that word of mouth is the end all be all of finding clients for your studio. And if you do anything other than word of mouth advertisement, then you're a piece of crap. And that's simply not true. And the the biggest issue I have with that sort of advice is the fact that you have no control over this, at least not directly and not right now. Word of mouth advertisement is definitely the best form of advertisement. It's the most powerful form of advertisement, but it's the result of all the work you've put in up to this point. It's the result of all those hours you put in, all those clients you've worked with, all those relationships you've nurtured. And it's not something you can go out and build today. It's just like planting a garden. If you want watermelon today, you have to have planted seeds six weeks ago or six months ago or however the hell long it takes to build watermelons. Yeah, so the big idea here is if you have a toolbox and it's got screwdrivers, hammers, pliers, all the things that you use to keep your house in order, word of mouth is, it's a hammer. It's probably the best tool, but it should not be the only tool. I see both sides. I see what you're saying, Chris, but I also, my studio has always been sustained by word of mouth advertisement. and so. You can have a six-figure income from strictly word-of-mouth advertisement. Someday. But that is not the majority of people. And there are a lot of other methods you can employ for lead generation that can hopefully eventually build that snowball up to the point where you do have word-of-mouth advertisement and you don't have to go out and get this work. So the cutoff point is this. Is your schedule full now from leads that just came into your inbox, that just found you, from people filling out your form or reaching out or calling you, you know, Do you have your calendar full from that? If not, everything else we talked about today is for you. If you already have your calendar full, you can skip this episode. There's nothing else here for you because at least for right now, but the key to this is it's not a faucet you can cut off and and cut on. This is, you have no control over that deal flow. It's all 100% organic and you have really no control over it. You can help influence it, but you don't have full control over this lead generation source. So that's why I put it in the shitty tips because it's not really a tip. It's a result. Word of mouth advertisement is a result, not a tip you can employ today. I like that. So the next kind of... Shitty. Shitty. (laughs) 
I'm trying. The next kind of tip. You can say poopy, Chris. The next poopy tip here on the show. <laughs> I cuss like a sailor in real life. I just, I get nervous doing it into a microphone. Because it's there forever. It is there forever. You try to run for president in the future, they're going to pull all these cuss words out of these episodes and, and try to smear campaign your ass. Yeah, there you go. So the next poopy tip here is going to shows cold. So I would call this a cold show. So you show up to a venue because a band is playing, you buy a ticket, and you attempt to schmooze with the band and get them to hire you. <laughs> this is... This, this is, is a tip pre- I've seen in so many articles and so many oh, videos. This is God. like generic tip 101. Yeah, so here's the idea. There's going to be 300 kids at this show tonight. The band will be there, and all 300 kids want a picture, a conversation, and other forms of personal contact with the band and you're you're going to go at the same time all these kids are and try to get the band's attention at the same time. Mm-hmm. You see my problem here? Yes. You're you're going to have a difficult time getting any band member to listen to you for any amount of time. It is the worst. Yep. And that's assuming that they're not back in the green room the whole time. Exactly. The bigger the show, the bigger the artist the more it's going to be difficult to have a meaningful interaction with them. Now, if you're just going local band and you know there's going to be 15 people there, maybe, maybe you can get this to work. And there is a hint of truth in this. You can find work this way, but I would count this as a shady tip because there are much more higher leverage forms of lead generation that you can use, which we're going to get to in a second. But cold shows, go for it, man. Go for it, but there's better ways. Well, and honestly, your best bet at a cold show isn't to try to get the band to hire you. It's to try to get the other people in bands who came to the show to work with you. You know, one, we're still kind of in the bad tip area here, but one thing you could do. So for example, last Sunday, took my daughter out on a date. She's two years old. That's adorable. It was fantastic. We went to Natalie's coal-fired pizza in Columbus, Ohio on Sunday at 4 p.m. And so we like to eat an early dinner usually. And she loves pepperoni pizza. We showed up at the club and lo and behold, it was sound check for that night. And I ran into, I think, three different musicians and had uh, some of them previous clients, some of them hopefully future clients, had conversations with them because I just happened to be there at sound check when they have nothing to do but make a little bit of noise and then sit around and do absolutely nothing for four hours until the show starts. That's a good time to interact with a potential client. You bring up a very good point. That's not a cold show. That's a warm show because you already had previous clients there, right? Touche. You're right. That brings up actually a good point. This wasn't on our outline here, but this is how you turn that shitty cold show tip into an actual good tip for lead generation. And that is if any of your clients have a live show or concert, whatever you want to call it, in your city, you absolutely need to be there 100% of the time if if you're lacking work right now. If you're super busy, you always have clients, you're 100% booked up, you don't necessarily need to do that. You don't have the time to do that or the mental bandwidth to do that. It's good to do that. But the reason for that is you're obviously a known person there because you've worked with that client. You're going to get face-to-face time with your client, which is going to help with return clients, getting them coming back to you because you're building that relationship, you're nurturing that relationship. But you also have an in with the other bands. When you, If you get there early, you start talking to the other bands, you have that connection that says, hey, I recorded the other band you're playing with today, or I produced that other band. And that's a much easier introduction and way to get that conversation started than when you know absolutely nobody at this show. Yeah. So th- that's a great tip, Brian. When we start talking about the seed of truth in these shitty tips, there is power in going to live shows, but doing it in a more strategic way is the important part there. Yeah. You shouldn't go and be like, I hope I get to see the band so that <laughs> I actually did some work tonight. Yeah. 
That's terrible. What you cannot do and run a business successfully is gamble on should I buy a ticket and hope I get to meet the band when the most people that want to meet the band also want to meet the band. That's rough. So yeah, don't gamble with this. You should be sure that when you're doing some sort of outreach that you're going to make some progress. So going to a sound check or going to going to a show for a band that you worked with, hanging out with them, you might even be able to get in the green room and meet a bunch of other musicians that are playing that night um, and start conversations that way. That goes a long way because there's social proof. All right, so our next shitty tip is cold emailing a band with a hard sell. Chris, you got a story here for us? I do. So let's first define what a hard sell is versus what a soft sell is. A hard sell is you cut right to the point. You're super, super bold and aggressive and you're real salesman And I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. A soft sell is that you try to genuinely build a relationship first before you start to talk about the sale. 100% yes on that. So talk about this story. So we had a guy on the Facebook community a while ago, a couple months ago, and I don't remember exactly what he had said, but the basic story was this. He emailed a band or Facebook messaged them. He had no relationship with them and no mutual friends. And he immediately, within like 25 words, went for the sale. <laughs> went for, you should work with me. No references, no relationship. And he'd actually managed to insult them before asking too. Yeah. Hey, your record sounds bad. <laughs> I could make it sound better. And while I applaud this guy for his boldness, for his grit, and for trying to generate leads, the strategy of a hard sell is a bad one, especially in our industry. There's a right way to do it, which we're going to talk about in a second, but that's definitely a shitty tip. When you see someone talking about cold emails or cold outreach, there is a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. And for the most part, I've only seen the wrong way from other articles and videos out there. And let me throw this in here. So this is a great opportunity to apply the golden rule. If you were in a band and you were thinking about doing a record, would you rather have an engineer or producer or whatever reach out to you and begin to build a relationship to find common ground and to become a genuine friend? And then it sort of naturally progresses into you working with them. Or would you just rather have the engineer show up and be like, I should mix your record. <laughs> You're going to have a lot more success with the first approach. So the next one on our list of shitty tips uh, before we get to the good ones is social media. And social media is a great way. Don't, don't get me wrong. Social media can be great for nurturing a relationship with potential clients, for generating leads. It can be a good way to do it. But, but the way most people do it is just awful. Yeah. I've got mixed emotions on this. So it's really popular right now to what you do on social media is you just pull your phone out and you take a screenshot, like you literally point your phone at your computer and you show a waveform. You show like the multi-track session or, or whatever, and you play a little bit through the crappy phone mic. Yep, I've seen this a million times too. And, and then you just say, hey, I'm working with XYZ band. And I don't like that. I, I could be wrong. I'm sure there are people that that works great for. But for me, I don't think that's what social media is for. I think social media is more about demonstrating, hey, I'm a real person. Yep. As opposed to this, like, I don't want to follow anybody who only talks about their thing on Facebook. I will unfollow you if all you do is talk about Donald Trump. 
not just that, but most audio engineers I, I watch on social media, they're posting things that are only interesting to other audio engineers. Yes. And you're not going to get clients if you're not appealing to your ideal client. If your clients are not audio engineers, then why are you posting things that only appeal to audio engineers? That's an important point when it comes to social media strategy. But let's actually, let's get into now some actual lead generation methods for your studio. The good ones. The good ones, because there are ways you can do this and they aren't hard, but you have to learn how to do these. And then there's a next step after you generate the lead, which we'll talk about in a second. But the first one, and we're going to talk about two different sections here. We have free and we have paid. There's pros and cons to both. And depending on what your business is, depending on what your experience level is, depending on what your budget is, one of these is going to work better than others. If you have a shitload of free time right now and no money, then the free methods are going to work because they're more time consuming generally. If you are hurting on time because you have a day job, but you got some money in the bank, then maybe some paid advertising is the solution here. So there's no right way for any one person. It's going to definitely vary depending on who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your niche is, where you're from, you know, what your monetary, what your savings are right now. Like I said, there's so many variables here. So we're just trying to give some good broad tips that will work across the board for a lot of different people. So the first one in the actual lead generation method and the one that I teach the most is cold outreach. Now we talked about how cold outreach does not work in most situations that we see, at least for a lot of people, when you go straight for the kill. But let's talk about how cold outreach works in a way that is effective. And what I teach people to do is exactly what Chris said earlier, is making sure you're building an actual relationship. And the way to do that is to simply ask questions related to the project or the artist or what they're doing. When is your next release? That's a really good opening email when you're, or Facebook messages. Hey, I love your work. When are you going to be putting out new stuff? That is the easiest way to get a conversation started. Because if you do not have a conversation, you do not really have a lead. Yeah. So I love that. I really think that you have to zoom out and you have to look at your life. You have to look at what your legacy is going to be. And if all you've done is done hard sales and done these sort of cold distant, I'm like professional distance, I like to call it. You've done projects where you never really formed a friendship. You never really formed a relationship. That's boring. And no one's going to write that on your tombstone. Yeah. You know, did a really good job of closing sales and keeping it professional and getting people out the door. Ugh, I don't want that. I want friends. Yeah, that's true. So one important note here is I've heard people say that cold outreach simply does not work. And my argument to that is a couple of different things. I'm not going to get super deep into cold outreach right now. I have a workshop for that. If you want to learn more, you can go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash workshop. But with cold outreach, there's two reasons that I've seen that it doesn't work. The first one's what we already talked about earlier in the shitty lead gen tips. And that is if you're going straight for the sale, writing the email, that rarely works. And that is a numbers play. And you're going to have to send out a shitload of emails and you're going to get less than 1% conversion rate with that. What works a lot better is focusing 100% on the relationship not on this on the sale not going for the kill and that's a lot harder to do it takes restraint the second reason i see cold outreach not working is because your online presence is garbage mainly your website and i'm not going to go into deep into this either but let's just say if someone googles you and looks on your website your facebook your personal facebook page what do they find and if it does not appeal to them and hell if it turns them off to you you've lost that lead when they are in their due diligence phase. Because think about this. If you expect someone to pay $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 to work with you, you better believe they're going to be researching you through at least Google, if not other methods, by contacting people that you have mutual acquaintances with. So that's just the, the quick and dirty cold outreach. Focus on what's in it for them, providing value to them, because that's really the key to this, is making sure you're providing value to them 
why you're building the relationship and you're not making it about you. And if you can do that, you're going to have a lot more success using cold outreach as a lead generation method. Because remember, you're trying to generate conversations, not sales. You're not going to get a sale on cold outreach, number one. Yeah, so you have to build that relationship. And I'm actually looking through my emails right now because I think I cold outreached to you before we met. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to find the email. And initially what happened was Bjorkvin Benedictson who is audioissues.com. He's like one of the most prolific audio bloggers in the world. I've never seen someone that writes as much as that guy does. He's, he's a machine. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So he mentioned that he had invited you to come to our mastermind group. So I started looking at your blog and I went to your homepage and it was back when you had that weird guy pretending to play keyboard. Yep. 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 And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I like this guy. But then I read your first blog post and your blog post said something along the lines of like why you don't need advertising or something like that and i was like disagreed and then i read it and by the end of the article i was like completely agreed and was totally convinced and i think i emailed you and we started a conversation that way and then you showed up at uh, the mastermind group and it was love at first sight yep all right so let's get into the next form of effectively generation and this is something called content marketing wait hold on i think if we're going to leave my gushing in, you have to give a better response than, yep. Oh. <laughs> People are going to be like, what a f***. <laughs> You're right, dude. They don't get our vibe. <laughs> the reason I didn't say anything is because like, you've told me this story before. I've heard this before. We've talked about this before. So like, uh-huh. that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> let, me t- let me try this again. All right. So now to our next lead generation method, and that is content marketing. So I've seen some studios that absolutely crush this, uh, but I've seen very few studios that do anything related to content marketing. So I don't have a lot of time to cover this because this is only going to be an hour long episode, but content marketing is basically creating educational, informative, or helpful content that appeals to your ideal customer. We kind of talked about this on social media a little bit. Social media is a form of microblogging or a small type of content marketing, but you're creating content that draws people to you. And this can be done through eBooks. This can be done through a podcast, which you're listening to right now. Hint, hint. It could be done through blog articles. It can be done through social media. It's really anything, any outward facing media that you've created, be that a picture that you took. For example, if Brian really, really wanted to advertise his courses, he could start an Instagram account that only shows home studio porn. Just really, really great pictures of super desirable home studios and inevitably people who own and want home studios will follow that Instagram account and then he can build an audience of perfect customers. Or you could just use this podcast for an example because this is a good example of content marketing. Yeah. If the six figure home studio goal is to help equip people to run studios, the content that we create on the podcast serves that twofold. It serves that by providing you with this sort of training for free. And so thus we're getting free listeners that we're not paying for. People are just finding us. We're growing every single month by a pretty good percentage. And we're almost at 100,000 downloads now. And a certain percentage of those people that listen to this podcast will end up joining the Profitable Producer course, which is the monetization method behind that. So that is the content marketing strategy for the Six Figure Home Studio. That plus our blog articles and YouTube. There's, there's all sorts of things. But for a studio, I've seen this work too. And I've seen people create ebooks that solve a specific problem for a specific niche. One good example of this is Mark Eckert. And he, he's just a producer that does indie pop. And he has a, a ebook called the Indie Pop Cookbook or something like that. And he generates leads through Instagram and that ebook. 
And he crushes it doing that. That's awesome. And that's just one of several people I've seen that they solve a specific problem through some piece of content. They get that content out in the world. And that content does a couple of things. It brings your ideal clients to you. You're getting their email address. You're able to follow up with them. And you're helping them solve a problem which builds trust and establishes credibility. So when it comes time for them to book studio time, if you're not top of mind, then when those emails hit their inbox from you, then you're top of mind and they're ready to book with you. It's going to be a lot easier to sell someone on your services at a studio if you've already helped them solve a problem. So that's all I'm going to say about content marketing, but that's the power of it if you do it effectively. The thing about it is it takes time. It takes effort. And if that's not going to be your, one of your main strategies, if you're just barely dabbling in it, you're probably not going to have a lot of success. Yeah, so quick story. When Brian initially asked me to co-host the show, I had two thoughts. One... I like Brian and that sounds like a lot of fun. And two, hmm, what will be our ideal listener for this podcast? Yep. Well, that would be people who run studios and I'm a mastering engineer and who's my ideal customer? Huh, the exact same type of person. Right, so this is a great form of content marketing for Chris. Chris, every single week, drops these knowledge bombs, these value bombs. And so hopefully when it comes time for you to book a mastering engineer, you've thought about Chris Graham for your mastering needs, pitch over. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and I got a shout out to all you guys that have reached out. It's a lot of people. I would say every day I have someone from the podcast reach out to me and it's really, really fun because there's a something for us to talk about, you know, before the project, you know, the podcast. So that's awesome. This has worked out great for me. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you can grasp at least the idea of content marketing. Yeah. That literally is probably an entire podcast on its own mm, yeah. <laughs> or online course on its own. Who knows? All right. Next form of uh, free lead generation is from referrals. Now, this is one that you don't directly have control over because this is basically one of your past clients or one of your friends or family members sending work to you, but you can help facilitate this by actually tactfully requesting a referral. And if you go back to our review episode that we talked that we did episode number four, where we talk about generating reviews for your studio, you can use basically that same method to then generate referrals for your studio. Instead of asking for a review, basically just say, hey, I'm so glad you're happy. Do you know of anyone else that's looking to record right now or looking for mastering services right now? And you get a name and then you follow up and say, hey, Jenny from IT department said you were looking for a mastering engineer. <laughs> and you start with a, a warm introduction that way. And so that's just one of many ways you can generate referrals. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too far, but this is a free form of lead generation that most of you aren't using. So the final free version that I'm going to cover today of lead generation is repeat clients. Now, again, this is a similar thing where you don't directly have control over the volume of this, how many people come to you, because it's going to be completely dependent on how many of your past clients you have. But if you are not reaching out to your past clients six, eight, 12 months later after the project's over, you're losing out on a big opportunity because that's the lowest hanging fruit you'll ever have in your business. This is the first thing I teach my students. There's a spoiler for you. The first thing I teach my students when it comes to getting quick wins in your studio is to reach out to your past clients and see what's going on. What's new? That's all you got to do. I'd say like for probably five to 10% of them, they're getting ready to go in the studio again and they're just going to initiate a sales type conversation. Hey, we're going to the studio soon. We love to talk. And that's it. And you, all you had to do was reach out. It's the lowest hanging fruit period and people just aren't doing it. One of the things you can do um, and being totally authentic here is I, I need to do this. So I, I have a client of mine whose song, so I didn't do this. I should have. Yesterday, one of my favorite clients songs popped into my head in the morning when I was getting ready for my day. 
what I should have done was emailed him and said, hey man, just want to let you know that one song we did a couple months ago is in my head. I love that song. Hope everything's well. Yep. When you start talking about following up and maintaining that relationship over time, any excuse you have to reach out to someone like that Mm -hmm. is a perfect excuse to reach out to someone. Hey, I saw a cloud in the sky that reminded me of your stupid, ugly face. No, don't do that. (laughs) But but yeah, any stupid thing that like spurs a memory, reach out and just tell them. Yeah. I'm bad at this. I'm going to admit I'm bad at this. I'm I'm not great at like nurturing relationships that way, but some people are. And if that's something your, your natural instinct is like someone pops into your head, just shoot them a quick email or a quick text. It's not super hard to do. And it goes a long way towards maintaining a relationship. Even if you're only doing it every six months with a client, it's, and you can even, you could facilitate that in a CRM. You could say, hey, I saw something on my computer today that reminded me of you. Hint, it's your reminder in your CRM, but you don't have to specify that. And so I just wanted to follow up and see how things are going. You can word it however you want, but that's just a clever little way to do it. All right, let's move on to the second form of lead generation here. And this is through paid methods of lead generation. And this is the most scalable if you do this the right way. But there's just three main areas here. I'm going to cover them all in one big swoop here, but you have Facebook ads, you have Google ads, and you have kind of a a dying area, but still can be effective depending on your niche. The third is banner ads. And just kind of talk about all these together. Paid advertising is the most difficult of all these lead generation methods that I talked about because there's so much room for you wasting money. There's so many potential single points of failure, which if you go back to episode 38, where we talk about single points of failure. There's so many single points of failure when it comes to paid advertising. And if you're not equipped to really study numbers and analyze single points of failure and ways to, it's basically nonstop problem solving. There's so much more problem solving involved with paid advertising than any other lead generation method, but it can be done. Chris is a great example of really effective lead generation and sales through paid advertising. Yeah. You know, we've got Facebook ads, Google ads, banner ads. Within that, there's two categories of paid advertising. Ooh, good point here. There's cold lead generation where you are showing an advertisement. I would bet a lot of you have probably seen, I've got a YouTube ad that's done really well. There's cold outreach that you can do with ads. And then there's also retargeting. Retargeting is amazing because you can set your ads up to show to people who have been to your website or who have interacted with your Facebook page. Yeah, when we start talking about low-hanging fruit, that is the lowest hanging fruit of advertising and some of the best ROI you can have, return on investment on ad spend you could possibly have. I would say this, if anyone has ever thought about doing paid advertising for your studio, retargeting is going to be the first thing you need to set up. Hands down. This isn't an advice buffet. The first thing, if you're going to do paid advertising, the first thing you should do is retargeting. Yep. So what you're basically doing is saying, okay, Google or okay, Facebook, Anyone that's touched my website, who's been to my website in the past month or past six months, I want you to show them this ad. And I want you to show them this ad every month until they book with me or every week or every day if you wanted to, but you can set how often they see the ad. And that is money, my friend, because these are people that came to your site and statistics show that they didn't fill out your quote form because only 5% of people fill out my quote form. So that's the other 95% are getting this ad. And hopefully, since I don't have their contact information, this is a way for them to be reminded that, oh shit, we should probably go fill out that quote form on Brian's site because now we're getting ready to book a mixing gig. So let's talk about how remarketing actually works. Just really, really briefly. You put a very small piece of code in your website that quote unquote tags people when they come to your website. And for those that don't understand Northern talk, that's tags, not tags. Tags. (laughs) So the idea there is that there is now a list on Facebook and a list on Google of people who have been to your website. You can't see the list, 
Nope, you cannot. But you can tell Facebook or Google, show my ads to people on this list. And the list has an expiration date. So uh, when you set up a remarketing list, you put the code in your website and you say, hey, Google, anyone who's been to my website in the last 90 days, put them on this list, show them this ad. Just to clarify, if you had the last 90 days set on this, well, 90 days from today, it's going to be a completely different list of 90 people. It's rotating it the last 90 days. So, you know, one of the things I've done that's worked pretty well is I I recently hit over a hundred five-star reviews on Facebook for my mastering business. So I made a thank you post and, you know, showed, I think it was a screenshot of the reviews and said, man, thank you guys so much to everyone that's worked with me. hundred five-star reviews on Facebook. I can't believe I get to do this for a living or, or something similar along those lines. And then I made sure that anyone that had been to my website saw that post. And you can say, I want everyone that's been to my website to see that post only one time. Or you can say, I want everyone that's ever been to my website to see this a hundred times, which is a terrible idea. That's annoying. That's a terrible idea. You don't want to go past what, three or four impressions? Yeah. The, an impression is, it, you know, they saw it in their newsfeed or it popped up in their search results or something like that. And that's a particularly effective method because it's going back and it's reminding people, one, that I exist. That's true. But also showing them social proof that, hey, a lot of people have worked with me. A hundred five-star reviews on Facebook is a lot. So these types of strategies of just like, your goal isn't to find a new customer with paid advertising. When you're doing the remarketing route, your goal is to remind a potential customer that you exist. And that is extraordinarily important. I teach this in my course. It's just, a, this is like a side note after one of the videos is, if you do not come to mind when that person is ready to book their project, you will never, ever, 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 ever get the project ever. So one of the methods you can use besides manual follow-ups or automated follow-ups, if you have their email address, one of the methods you can use is paid advertising just for you to remind them that you exist so that you are then top of mind as a producer or an audio engineer or a mixer. And if you are top of mind when they're ready to book, then you may be considered. And that is the big key to getting the actual project. Bingo. So let me talk to you people who have money issues. A lot of people, myself included, a long time ago, would hear advice like this and would think, oh, that costs money. I'm not going to do that. That's silly. Oh my God, yeah. It's super silly. If you only spend $30 per month on Facebook remarketing ads and you have the chance, if one of those ads works, if one of those ads gets you more work on $30 a month, it's a teeny tiny investment to make sure that your audience is completely aware of a message that you want them to be aware of. It's very, very, very inexpensive to get started with remarketing. And for most people, if you have any amount of web traffic, you sort of need a decent amount of traffic to your website first for this to be effective. But if you have any amount of traffic to your website, it's so cheap. It's so inexpensive. Just so you know, like that 30 bucks a month will get you up to about 6,000 impressions in a month's time, just for that $30. How many... How many other advertising methods can you spend $30 and get in front of 6,000 highly qualified potential prospects? And this can be done in tandem with all the other things we just talked about. If you're doing cold outreach, you're trying to get referrals from people. This is something that is going to hopefully augment those other efforts because what this is doing is helping you pick up all of the leads that slip through the cracks and put them back to the top of your funnel. And 
man, I, I can't say much more about this, but hopefully this is kind of exciting some of you guys. Uh, if you're not quite there yet, that's fine. Focus on one of these other areas. But I think just from what I said at the beginning of this episode, if you do not have a full schedule from word of mouth advertisement right now, then it is 100% on you as the business owner. It's your responsibility. No one else is going to do this for you. You have to go out and take action and be take responsibility and generate the leads for your studio, period, end of story. And hopefully this episode has helped get you started getting the wheels turning in your head on the possibilities there are out there to get this done. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I can't believe it took that long to get this episode uh, tackled. This is a very important part of really any freelance business. And we probably should have tackled this in the first 10 episodes. But, you know, 42 episodes later, we finally tackled this. Hopefully got a lot out of this. Next week, we are going to be talking about what to do with all these leads that you just captured. Let's just say you, you follow this episode, you get a bunch of leads, you generate leads, as we call it in the business. And now we're going to talk about next week how to turn those leads into customers. I think this will be a good eye-opening episode for you. Again, there's a lot that goes into this stuff. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. This can you know go down a really long rabbit hole. You can feel like you're missing a lot of pieces of this puzzle, but in all actuality, the 80-20 principle applies to everything we teach on this podcast, including this episode. Learn the 20% that will get the 80% of the results that you need, and then don't stress about the rest of it. It's fine. You can work towards the other 80% throughout your career, but do not let yourself get overwhelmed. So next week, we're going to talk about sales. We're going to talk about turning these leads that you acquired this week, turning those into paying customers next week, and we have a lot planned to talk about. So until next time, happy hustling, and thanks for listening. Whoa.